John chapter number 12, verse number 20. Find your place, say amen. amen. Bible said, and there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethesda of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Father, help me this morning as we buy in your presence. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you, Lord, for the good testifying, the good Sunday school. Thank you for the good friendships, the good spirit and service this morning. Father, I've come to a text that's a favorite of mine, and I feel definitely impressed of you to preach this. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to get to fulfilled in our hearts and our lives this morning this request that some way, somehow today we would see Jesus and we'll bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Really don't have a title this morning other than, sir, we would see Jesus. Greatest request, greatest desire that anybody would ever have is to say, sir, we would see Jesus. And God had let us see him in every song, every testimony, every countenance. If you look at your Bible just right, you'll find him on every page. He is the center point of what we have today. He is the main character of the word of God. He is the center point of our salvation. He is the grace of God personified, mercy personified. He is the love of God personified. And in some way, somehow today, that we can get our eyes on him, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I promise you it'll change you. It'll revive you. It'll revolutionize your whole life if you would get motivated in the part in your life where I just want to see Jesus. They came to Philip I can almost say here, Philip, if it had been the average Baptist in our day, he'd have probably said, I can't believe they came to me to see Jesus. Why, I thought they'd come see me, amen. Thank God, if you came in here for people to see you, your motive ain't right. You're wicked from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet today. It ought not bother us when somebody comes to us and says, show me Jesus. Matter of fact, it ought to bless us, amen. And I don't know what Philip did in our text, but he stood out above. Peter, James, and John. These men didn't seek out the whole disciples. They sought out one man, and that was Philip. And I wonder today if we were living a life that exemplified Christ good enough that when somebody wanted to see Jesus, that they'd come to you and that they'd come to me. Oh, God, help us to let our light shine that when people really truly seek Jesus, they would come to us for Simple points this morning and I'll be done. First of all, they sought him in a reality. They said, sir, we would see Jesus. They didn't say Buddha. They didn't say Muhammad. They weren't looking for Joseph Smith. They weren't looking for the Catholic Pope. Amen. They weren't even looking for Philip or Peter or James or John as they knew that something was different about Jesus that stood out above the rest of those men that they followed him and they sought him in a reality. Amen. They weren't seeking fool's gold. I'm glad, thank God we've got a God that's real this morning. Amen. A real body, a real God with real blood and a real Bible and a real heaven and a real church. This ain't a dream. This ain't a figment of our imagination. God is real. Neighbor, you do 
like that little girl's daddy got saved years ago. Hey man, he didn't know no better. He got born again and he'd go from church to church to church, testified everywhere he'd go. He'd sing a song and he'd testify. Finally one Sunday morning he got one of them high fluting, high brow dignified Baptist churches. And by the way, I like preaching in them places because I like to see their face just as good as somebody else's. Amen. And uh, boy, he got in there. He got to testifying. They must have sung a good song on accident. And he got to testifying about it. He said, you know what? Before I got saved, all I know there was a hell. He said, I didn't know there's no heaven, but they've been coming to my house having Bible studies. He said, and they got to tell me about the gates of pearl and the walls of Jasper and the street of gold. About that time, one of them old high-fluting deacons come over, grabbed him by the coattail and said, sir, you're just dreaming. You need to sit down and shut up. You're disturbing the service. Amen. He the morning got them words out of his mouth. Little old blonde-headed girl come over, grabbed that deacon by his coattail and said, sir, you you tell the truth. Is my daddy really dreaming? He said, yes, honey, he is. She said, whatever you do, don't wake him up. Before he got saved, he'd beat my mama. We'd have to hide her on the bed. Amen to God. You think we're dreaming today? Thank God you can dream. Hey, you can thank God. He is real, 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 real. Amen. They, they, they weren't seeking fakeness, but then Next, they saw, they saw the reality. They saw him by faith. Amen. I mean, they're acting on what they heard. That's why we're here today, is it not? We're just simply acting on what we heard. I'm glad, thank God, I heard about a man by the name of Jesus that would save any sinner, that would repent and believe the gospel. The Bible said, the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Thank God they sought him by faith. But then they sought him fervently. The Bible said they desired him saying, sir, we would see Jesus. Amen. Thank God for a fervent desire. Amen. To see him. Do you desire to see Jesus this morning? Well, Brother John, I'm already saved. That ought to be the heart's cry of every born again believer that God would let us see him every day of our lives. Amen. They sought him fervently. And this is going to be a simple sermon this morning. Amen. But guess what happened? They found him. God, if I could sing, I'd sing that old song, Hallelujah. I have found him whom my soul so long for. I'm glad a seeking sinner, amen, and a searching savior will have no trouble coming together. They said, sir, we would see Jesus. And guess what? They found him. Now, that brings me to my thought. I want to sit down on just a little while this morning. Where in the world did they find him at? Praise God. Amen. Now when they come up here and they said, sir, sir, we would see Jesus. Now they didn't say sirs. We misquote that verse a lot. They said, sir. They said, sir, we would see Jesus. And you'd have thought Jesus had come over there, said, hey, how y'all doing? I've been waiting on y'all to get here for a long time. It's so good to see you. It's so good to have you guys here. Absolutely not. You know what the first thing he did? He said, verily, verse 24, he said, verily, verily, I say to you, except the corner we'd have fallen in the ground and die. You know where he took them? He took them straight to Calvary, neighbor. He took them straight to the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I tell you, you want to find God today? Why don't you go by faith to a little hill on the outskirts of the city of Jerusalem and a place that we call Calvary and the place of all places where it happened, where that great transaction took place 
place. He took them to the cross. Now, I'm not a hyper dispensationalist. I'm not kidding to a hyper dispensationalist. If I was, I'd pray God to take them out of the picture. Say amen right there. You slip my wrist, there ain't gonna be no Calvinistic, no hyperdispensationalist blood come out whatsoever. But you know what amazes me, Brother Gravely? That before Calvary ever took place, you know what Jesus is preaching on? He's preaching on Calvary. Amen. You don't get saved one way in one dispensation and another way in another dispensation. It's always been by faith in God. It's always been by repentance of sins. And it'll always be, has always been by faith in the the precious shed blood of the Lamb of God. I tell you what he did. He took him to the cross. Amen. Thank God for the night when I've seen him by faith with the nails in his hands and the, and the crown of thorns on his head that pierced his brow and the nails in his feet and the spit running down his face and I heard by faith. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They found him, sir. We would see Jesus. They found him at Calvary, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my side and now I'm happy all the day. Blessed be the name of God. There's redemption at Calvary. There's revival at Calvary. There's reconciliation at Calvary. There's rejoicing at Calvary. Oh man, I never get tired of hearing about the cross. Preaching on the cross doesn't bore me. It blesses me. Had it not been for Calvary, thank God. God, we sang about it this morning. Oh, what a Savior! Hallelujah! For the cross! I often think, I often think about Barabbas when they turned him loose. Hey man, there goes Barabbas, he's walking out of the way out of town. He probably turns around and looks back and he sees three crosses on that hill. He sees two thieves on either side. Hey man, they, neither one of them beat it near as bad as a man on the middle. Hey remember when he looks, I bet he said something like this. I wonder what that old boy in the middle did to deserve all that. I tell you what he did, he's guilty of loving a bunch of drunk rednecks like us, a bunch of religious lost folk like us on our way to hell without God. God, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised him the shame when he was on the cross that we was on his mind. Thank God he could have put a stop to it anytime he wanted to, but he didn't. Why? Because he knew me and you needed to be saved by the grace of God. Found him at Calvary. Well, but then... They found in verse 25, he that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. They found him in a consecrated life. You want to get with God and you want to see Jesus, you give your all and all to Jesus Christ this morning. I've never been sorry over that night 25 years ago when I got on an old-fashioned altar and I on a Wednesday night of the fourth week of revival meeting and I said, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. Here I am, ain't much, but 25 years later, amen, consecrated, give my life to God. I don't regret a mile. It's been worth every trial, every heartache, every hilltop. Thank God you can see Jesus in a consecrated life. 
I hate to be a doomsday preacher and give out a bold rebuke, but I'm going to this morning. Some of you are saved by the grace of God. That's as far as you've seen him as that Savior. Amen. But you ain't never seen him living a consecrated life. You're all in all to him. You got to get your selfish hands off your own life and give it all to Jesus. You got to get your selfish hands off your future and give it all to Jesus. Thank God I'm getting ahead of myself. They found him in a consecrated life. The next verse, they found him in a committed life. Verse 27. He said, for this cause came I into this hour. They found him in his cause. Good neighbor, thank God. Amen, you go find God. He'll never forsake his cause. He'll never forsake his motive. He'll never forsake his purpose. They found him in his cause. Glory to God. But then they found him. Verse 28, the father said, Father, glory. He's Jesus said, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. They found him in a confirmation from a land that's fairer than day. Amen. I'm looking forward, amen, to getting to heaven. Nobody's gonna have to introduce me to God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Ghost. Thank God we already know them. We already know their voice, their tongue. Nobody would have to say, let me introduce you to Jesus. That happened 25 years ago when I knelt in the blood felt, went home, poured my liquor out, poured my beer out. Thank God. Amen. And I'm about to get fired up here. Amen. Of the confirmations that come from God. This Bible confirms that Jesus is the Son of God. Thank God the Holy Ghost. He'll bear witness in your heart that this thing is real that Jesus is right. Amen. The confirmation. Thank God. The witness, the assurance. I'm confident somebody in here, you like the assurance you need to help you maintain your joy and your victory and your peace with God. A little girl went to the preacher one day and said, preacher, I'm struggling. I'm doubting my salvation. He said, tell me about it. She said, well, the only time I got any peace or any assurance is when I'm at church or I'm reading my Bible or I'm praying or I'm listening to good old-fashioned gospel music. And the preacher with a lot of wisdom in his heart looked at her and said, you know what I'd do if I was you? She said, what's that? He said, I believe I'd go to church, I'd read my Bible, I'd listen to gospel music, and I'd keep myself around preaching. Amen. Thank God you get out of God's will and you get away from God, there'll be times of that. But you stay with him and there'll be that confirming witness in the soul of the born again believer. Thank God you can stand up today and tell me, John, I think you lost. I believe I'll have to take half a baby aspirin to go to sleep tonight. Thank God, because I was there when the Holy Ghost said, it's all right, it's okay. You're saved, you're born again. You're not gonna go to hell. Amen. I believe, son, that would make a Presbyterian kick the back end of his choir robe out. Hey, sir, we would see Jesus. They sought him in a reality. But then I'm interested in this word, sir. They spoke with a respect. You ain't gonna find him with a disrespectful heart. Oh, boy, you wanna go find Jesus. There's gonna have to be some respect. Now we as born again believers, we have 
been commanded to go to his throne boldly. But that's not cocky, that's not proud, that's not arrogance. That's the boldness we have through the blood, the boldness we have upon the authority of the fact that we're children of God. Amen, the blood gives us authority. Amen, thank God somebody ought to say amen right there. I have got a blood bought right to enter in to the throne room of God. I've got a blood bought right, amen, to tell somebody else about Jesus. I've got a blood bought right to stand in this pulpit today and proclaim the gospel of God and the greatness of Christ. I've got a blood pot right. But you won't find him with a disrespectful heart. They shout him with respect. Now it seems Pastor Grabley, and you know your Bible better than I know mine. I'm trying to be a student. But it seems there's so much disrespect toward Jesus around these chapters that God the Father has decided especially in the early parts of chapter number 12 to honor his son. (laughs) Oh, don't get too excited. I feel like I just took a bite at one of them York peppermint patties and I'm skiing down the north sides of the slope. Amen. I feel like that I might just be about ready to get excited. So I hope y'all got insurance on everything because I ain't responsible for what's fixing to happen if I get plugged in on this subject of honoring God. Now, Brother John, that's so simple. I'm going to tell you what our problem is. And that we've been looking for that deep stuff so long that we completely forgot to let the simple stuff bless us. And it is a will of God for us to live a life that honors God. Have a ministry that honors God, have a marriage that honors God, have children that honor God, and if God the Father is going to honor his son, why shouldn't we? You got Mary in the alabaster box. You got these children crying Hosanna and they're ripping the limbs off the palm trees and putting the branches down. And then you've got these Greeks. They said, sir, we would see Jesus. They have respect to him, and all of it has one main word in common. And that's one of my favorite words in the Bible, worship. Amen. That's right. They honored him by worshiping him. Now, Mary had been listening to Jesus talk and about his death. And uh, she gets up in there and she breaks that alabaster box. Hey, man, and old Judas gets upset. Now, if she would have broke that alabaster box and poured it on his feet and was washing his feet with her hair, he wouldn't have said a word. And just a little rabbit right now, if you're the kind of person that the only time you speak up is when you're upset or when you're mad, you need to get right with God and might even need to get saved by the grace of God. Hey, man, we ought to be a shouting the victory every day of our lives. When people worship God, there wasn't a testimony in here today that bothered me. There wasn't a tear in here today that bothered me. I tell you what really bothers me is the lack of testimonies and the lack of shouting and the lack of tears. And Mary has worshiped God now. Don't miss this. She's the only one in that room that got the message. Peter didn't get it, James didn't get it, John didn't get it, but a tender-hearted woman that had just experienced a great miracle from God. Oh, brother God, it blessed that family. 
And man, it wasn't going to let it go unnoticed. And I'm telling you, we're so backed up on simply saying thank you that it ain't even funny. And I'd rather say thank you and not mean it. Is I wouldn't mean it and not say it. Hey Amen. And I was meditating yesterday. If we can't thank God for the little things, then God ain't gonna bless us for the big things. And God, if you can't thank him for a penny, amen, you won't thank him for a thousand. If you can't thank him for a dollar, you won't thank him for a million. If you can't thank you for 20 people, you won't thank you for 200. Thank God we better get to where we thank God. And that's what Mary's doing out of a broken heart, thanking God. This kind of worship, she got the message. Oh, there'll be people in here today, you'll get the message. And there'll be people in here today, you won't. So those of you that don't, for whatever reason you're distracted or tuned out, don't get upset for those that do. Because <laughs> you can't never tell. You might get plugged in tonight and you might get it tonight and they might not get it this morning. Isn't that amazing? Boy, if we could all, and I'm getting ahead of myself, hey man, I'm not gonna do that. Hey man, she has honored him with some costly worship. Worship that doesn't cost you something is not real worship. But then you got these children. I ain't gonna look at my notes. I gotta get on with it. They cry and they cry Hosanna. Man, they, they rip branches off of trees. I'm scratching my head. I would have never thought to have done that. And then I asked myself a question and God answered it for me. I said, why the tree limbs? And it seems as if these people were so poor that that's all they had. <laughs> so the, don't miss this. If you don't get anything else today, here it is. God's the one that created those trees. And God is the one that caused them to grow. And God is the one that let them limbs get low enough to where they could get to them. Amen. And God allowed them. Oh, we could preach a whole message on what God could do with a tree. Thank God I'm gonna run to Calvary with it every chance I can. Thank God, hallelujah. Amen. But what I'm simply saying, and you gotta get this, all they're doing is giving back to God what God gave them to begin with. And you know what we do when we worship God? I can't give him anything of my own. I've got to give him back what he gave me. Brother Laddie, God gave you that voice you shouted with and you gave it back to him. He gave you that voice you testified with and he gave it back to him. He gave you that body you travel and preach and pastor with and he gave it back to him. He gave you that wife and he gave it back to him. He gave you that voice and a sing and we give it back to him. Somebody ought to say amen. No price in my hand I bring. Simply that I cross I claim. Even when I worship God, I have nothing. I still have nothing of my own to give back to God except what he gave me. All that brings us to another intriguing, exciting thought. They were poor. I'm poor, how about you? How many millionaires we have in the building? I live at 212 Kingdom Place. They're going to make the check out to John Morgan. I'll take it, bless God. I don't care. Amen. I'm just kidding, but I will take it. But most of us are common folk. We don't have 
hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. Is that right? Can I get a, can I get a unified witness right there? Oh, I don't think I'll ever say it again. I don't know if I'm ever going to let the words I'm broke come out of my mouth again. I don't know if I'm ever going to let the words, well, I'm just a poor man, come out of my mouth again. Because, neighbor, it ain't what you see that makes us a king. It ain't what you're looking at. It ain't the houses. It ain't the land. It ain't the bank account. It's what God put us on the inside. And if you want to know the truth, we're the richest group of people. Bill Gates ain't got nothing on us. And Trump ain't got nothing on us. The riches that are inside of the born again believer. Thank God. Hallelujah. Well, don't get too excited. She had some worship that cost her something. They had some worship that involved a cry. And really, they had to admit they didn't have what it took. So they had to go get from God what it took to worship. You don't have what it takes. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God gives the spirit, God gives the truth. So we're just giving back to him what he gave to us. Have you ever heard me or anybody else as we receive an offering, quote that wonderful verse, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Well, that's the truth. You want to know why? I thought for years. I came out on the top end of the trade when I traded my sin for the Savior. But when I read that, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I said, Lord, you mean you're more blessed in saving me than I am being the one God saved? Yes, absolutely. The answer is yes. Why? Because you ain't never going to outdo God. You ain't never going to be bigger than God. Ain't never going to... God ain't never gonna put us in a position where we can legitimately rob him of his glory. They hasten along, they they sought him. In reality, they have spoken with a respect and now God, but then I like this phrase as we break it down. They said, sir, we, they have stood in unity in their search for Christ. There was not a diatrophies in this group. No, not one of them. They didn't do all that traveling and get there, Brother Terry, and one of them stand out and say, hey, ah, would see Jesus. It's kind of like Peter when he got amazed on the mountain of transfiguration and he said, Lord, it is good for us, not me, but us to be there. They stood in unity and this is a unified statement when he uses a phrase, we. I asked you a question this morning. Don't answer it out loud. If Everybody in this building, saved or lost, came to this service this morning, unified with a desire burning in our hearts to see Jesus. What kind of service would we have had? If we came back tonight unified and we said we would see Jesus, we'd see our lost family saved. We'd see our churches revived. The divisions would just seem like nothing and they'd go away. Oh, the fussing and the fighting, it'd be no more for, amen, Paul, even in the book of 1 Corinthians when there was a division, uh, the first place he took them after he rebuked them was to the foot of the old rugged cross and reminded them that we need to be unified in Christ, unified in doctrine, unified in our worship, and put all this fussing and fighting. They stood together. Unified, the Bible said, behold how good and pleasant it is that the brethren dwell together in unity. 
How could two walk together, Charlie, except to be agreed? We might not agree on every minute detail. Don't matter to me. If you believe in the gap, that's your business. I don't know whether you do or not. I don't. So if you do, you stick with your pastor. You don't believe in it, good. We'll just say if you did, we're going to pray for you. Amen. I said that after church and not from you. Respect, nothing but respect. <laughs> but wait, I, I can still play the same. This crowd believes the prodigal was saved and the prodigal was lost. They want to break fellowship over that? Nah. We got a good Japanese word for that where I come from. Hagewashi. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me, my wife told me, said, you'd make a whole lot better preacher than you do a comedian. I just wish you'd stick to preaching. <laughs> I love my wife. But she's laughing back there. So. They stood in unity. They were unified in who they were looking for. <laughs> hey, Philip, we, we, we need you to help us get to them. We didn't come see you. I said, Brother Laddie, I love you. And I'm glad I'm going to get to see you today and all you men. But in my heart, I didn't really, I, 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 we're going to join it. Don't misunderstand me. My, my motive today is not to see you necessarily. Amen. I want to see him. I'm only 46 years old, and the closer I get home, the more I realize the importance. The importance! of keeping the main thing, the main thing. That don't mean we drop our standards or compromise or go liberal. Matter of fact, the more you see him, the straighter you'll be, the cleaner you'll be, the holier you'll be. Oh, God, help us to be unified in what we're looking for. They were unified in their lives and where they live. Now, don't you got to do like Brother Sammy taught us. If you're gonna read books, you got to spit out the bones and just eat the meat. That's what I like about boneless meat. <laughs> Just well say, man, right there. But some would suggest that these Greeks were a part of those 12 tribes that were scattered abroad and that they were Jewish Greeks. I have to disagree with that because the Bible don't say they were. If they were Jews, they'd have been Jews from Greece. But they were Greeks. So when they sought him and they stood in unity, you know what this is telling me? They didn't have no plastic. They didn't have no hypocrisy. They didn't try to hide the fact they were Greeks. He said, sirs, we just want to see Jesus. And I'm glad that call from Calvary, that call from Christ, Jew, Gentile, Greek, whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, there's still room at the cross for you. But you're going to have to get honest about who you are. You're going to have to get honest about being lost and dying without God and going to hell. You have got to be honest. They sought him in unity about who they were. They sought him in unity about their longing desire. They just wanted to see Jesus. You know, it's amazing to me they didn't ask for the Messiah. They didn't ask for Jehovah. They didn't ask for the great physician. Whoever's going to play the in, uh, invitation, if you want to get them, come on. Our pianist to come. If it's okay, I'm going to preach this and get out of the way. It's amazing to me they didn't ask for any of those. 
They didn't ask for the great shepherd, the good shepherd. They didn't ask for the I am. They didn't ask for the door to heaven. You know who they asked for? They asked for Jesus. He's got one name and it's Jesus. They didn't ask for a title. They didn't ask for him by title. And I'm scared sometimes that this crowd that seeks him by title, that's the only one thing they seek from him. If they seek a great physician, all they want is a healing. If they seek anything else, or the count, all they want is wisdom. But if you seek Jesus and you get him and his whole name, you get every title that comes along with it and every fruit that comes along with it and every answer. I'll tell you, I feel like preaching right there. Thank God I didn't get half of him. I didn't get a third of him. Him. Neighbor, when we found him, we got him all from the top of his lovely head to the bottom of his feet. We've got all of God. Y'all can begin playing softly now, whatever's on your heart. Last plan, I'm done. There's your 32 minutes. Y'all couldn't have picked a better song. One day he said, sir, we would see Jesus. It separated them from the rest of the crowd. They were in a church atmosphere. They were at the feast. They were in a religious atmosphere. Even in church, you really go to seeking after God, it'll separate you. In my prayer this morning, one young man say, Lord, I'll, I'll preach. You've called me. I surrender. If one young lady would say, Lord, you know what? I want to see you more than anything. Well, if we can leave this service this morning, don't tell me it's charismatic doctrine to seek God. Don't tell me it's charismatic to look after him. It's right to search for him. Search for him in the scripture. Search for him in prayer. Search for him in church everywhere. That we go, we must search for God. And our hearts cry. Lord, to be served, we would see Jesus.